So you're going to Mexico for your birthday, though. Yeah, I'm just going for my birthday. So I originally was supposed to go to Thailand, and and my mom reminded me that even though it's my 30th, it'll be her 50th. And I was like, oh, okay, well, if I take a less expensive trip, I can afford to do something for my mom as well. Sure. This is my gift to her. I am sacrificing my 30th birthday trip. Wow. <laughs> if mom don't know it's love, then exactly, don't right? Know. <laughs> if that's you outside- don't know me by now. <laughs> What's up, bro? What up, bro? And welcome to Bro Meets World. Bro Meets World. Your Boy Meets World fan cast. I'm Siege. And I'm Tony Curtis. And, uh, yeah, so, this episode. Yo, guys, this episode. Siege, I'm so excited to talk about this episode. There's so... <sighs> exactly, I, like, literally, it started, and I was like, uh, oh, this is Bra Meets World. Like, the moment, I was like... Uh, what a surprise, because as soon as I, like, read the description of this episode, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be another filler episode. And then that classroom scene happened, and I was like, whoa, we're going to have a ton to talk about. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. I looked at the preview for it, and I was like, oh, okay, you know. Father, son, Alan issues, and then Topanga, Topanga, Topanga. Yo, I, again, <laughs> she is just so perfect. Like now that we're in this like second half of the season, um, you can really tell that this was an episode that if it was in the first half, it may have been shitty or not well done. But like because they know all their key players and how everyone like if they found their groove. They yep. made this episode into something that was special. Yep, we're getting less and less third seat kids. So I mean, yeah. Gosh, I have so much to say. Let's just uh, please. Let's All right. Get so, uh, the tell me about it uh, is Eric and Corey lie to get out of a father son baseball game. Accurate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's how it goes. But again, I feel like uh, out of all the times they talk about Corey learning something in the description, this is the one time they were just like, ah, baseball game. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this is the central premise of this episode, even though, like, ah, man, all the cool stuff is everything else, though. So. Yeah, no, I, I, again, I don't, it's it's very accurate. I'm just laughing at the fact, like, any other time they'd be like, Corey learns a lesson on um, sure, yeah. battery and Yeah, who knows <laughs> about the, those lessons, too? They understand that the show is just basically all of us learning lessons, you know, vicariously through Corey. Exactly. Okay, so let's get into the episode. Oh. Okay, so to be fair, we open even in kind of like a red herring. Uh, it's a scene where uh, we learn that it's Friday and we're kind of running through everyone's morning routines. Morgan has been up since six o'clock, which she tells us several times. Yeah, Morgan, I guess, was just like full of sugar we, we end up learning. So she just keeps saying over and over again, I've been up since six o'clock. <laughs> exactly. That was very, very good Morgan. Um, That's how she talks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then Eric... Um, and it's telling us he gives us a little weather report on uh his dating prospects. This I, I thought that this was uh this could have been something that was I was like you could kind of roll your eyes at and be like, oh, what a kind of sexist way to talk about it. But I actually thought the dialogue was really clever and I thought him and Amy's chemistry during this moment was really nice. Yeah, and I have to admit, it's really weird to me their relationship. And I guess it's because I don't have this relationship with my parents, but like the his comfort level of talking. He's constantly bringing up new women to his parents, like exactly, and they're supportive. I, I mean, like I guess it's because he's he's clearly not like um, 
I guess he's struggling to keep a relationship constantly. So like they're never really worried. But um, yeah, it's, it, I I think the reason why this is happening is because Eric. We don't have any friends of Eric, so for us to learn about Eric, there's only so many people he can talk to in order for us to gain insight. Yeah, but. I wonder, too, if this is, like, Michael Jacobs' way of being like, hey, you should kind of keep your parents involved in what's going on in your life. That's a very good way of interpreting that. I mean, I just, I will say that I looked at this moment, and I was like, Eric is very comfortable with discussing his dating prospects with his mother. In Always. Very well, even since the first episode yeah. of Pilot, where he was like, hey, I want to take so-and-so to the baseball Heather. game. And she was like, oh, she said yes. How quickly Heather, we yeah. forget Heather. Poor Nikki. <laughs> okay. Oh, but a little fun fact that I looked up is that Eric's weather report update in this episode is the first instance of us seeing him wanting to be a weatherman. Um, yeah, which actually comes up a few times in the season. Exactly. Uh, the series. So it's actually really interesting that they didn't go that route. But still, I think that's a. It's funny because it, at this point in time, especially, it's such a great career goal for Eric. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and then we end, of course, with Corey coming down and stating uh, he's the one who lets us know that it's Friday and that he's happy it's almost the weekend. Uh, yeah, I mean, this, I mean, again, I don't feel like there was tons to gain in these opening scenes ever. I don't feel like the opening scenes ever really have anything to do with the overall episode. They're just kind of like these extra jokes. This and the epilogues there are just, you know. I feel like lately they've been kind of the setup. You know what I mean? It's just like a... They should be. They really should be. It's just I feel like sometimes, like, I don't necessarily know that this sets anything else up well, the, Friday. The, the beginning part, no. But the second half, which we just get into right now, is Alan comes downstairs and he gets yes. his baseball mitt out of the oven. Um, and, and that's when we learn about the father-son game this weekend. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, this is an interesting storyline because it was one of those things, like I said, that I was like, I, I knew the episode was going to be about this and I kind of rolled my eyes about it. But I think Alan, um, and I, I, Russ is his name, um, the actor who plays Alan. Um, I don't remember his last name. I apologize. Um, he uh, plays this part with just so much, um, uh, I don't know, you sympathize with him so much with just him just what with his kids and, and everything i just i felt so bad for alan this entire episode yeah alan is definitely i mean the time we spent with him so far alan is sympathetic of a character and i think he's sympathetic of a character now that we're older because uh I yeah think, i think we project a lot on him i mean to be fair it's there they give us like the little clues of what Alan's going through, especially in this episode. I think watching him, these small moments of joy in something like uh, the father-son game being this weekend and his excitement makes it that much more um, painful when you see in Corey and Eric's face that... From the get-go, Corey yeah. and Eric are like, fuck this game. Exactly. I don't want anything to do with this game. <laughs> like, it's obvious... From the time it's brought up, they're like, man, damn it, it's this, it's been a year already. Yeah, 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 that's the one thing, everyone keeps being like, can you believe it, it's been a year, and uh, the boys are like, uh, no, I can't believe it, and that, you know, like, kind of lets the audience know that uh, this is something that Alan looks forward to, but the boys are not. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but, again, I have to admit, as kind of, like, uh, my first impression of the episode, um, 
I'm like, all right, we're about to get this typical father-son storyline where the father has a tradition that the boys don't understand. And I kind of was ready to write it off. Um, Oh, totally. uh, Especially when, like, we do this thing where uh, we learn that the rival uh, team this year is this new age bookstore. And I was like... Which Alan is super judgy about, right? Like, he says some kind of shitty things about these bookstore owners. We're gonna get into this later, and I'm totally just putting it up for being a uh, sign of the times, but they have a masculinity issue. Uh, Yeah, totally. And it's something that it's again, I'm I'm very forgiving of it now, but every time I watch it, it's kind of cringy, because you're like a what what are you trying to prove? But yeah, I I think you have to forgive it. You, like you have to remember, like Home Improvement's like the number one show on television. Like, exactly there's there's so that. much ma- overt masculinity going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so but with with the New Age bookstore introduction, I was like, that means Topanga's gonna be at the game, and sure, sure. I kind of thought we would do like um a a scene of like the boys playing the game and Topanga's there or something like that. I don't know, but I just, I didn't think we were going where we were headed. Yeah, sure. Um, the other thing that's interesting uh, that I want to mention, uh, not so much about this topic, but I, I found very interesting. The writer of this episode, do you know who wrote it? No, who wrote it? The writer of this episode is Bill Lauren, who did Scrubs, Cougar Town, Spin City. Shut up. You know, yeah. awesome, Bill. Yeah, so cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. Actually, now I want to check up on because I, I mean, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but I kind of liked this episode and I liked the way that it tied everything in and knowing sure. the Scrubs um, and Cougar Town. Well, there's moments of this episode that I'm like, whoa, this is really funny. Like there was some funny moments in this and I was just like, wow, this humor is, uh, it's a little bit more tangible than some of the humor in the other, in the previous episode. Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, I felt that this episode did a good job of giving us the boy meets world that we idealize and the TGIF boy meets world that you and I have kind of struggled with sure because it, it kind of gives you the full spectrum of like you you have these like funny moments but you also have these heartstring moments and you have this you know childlike conflict kind of combined with like a family dynamic it's just it's it's all the boxes are checked yeah exactly and so um let, let's let's continue because we have our theme song oh man this theme song yeah are you watching it yeah, yeah, I told you, I'm, I'm watching it. But to me, I don't really, it's kind of background music until I realize how much you hate it halfway through, and then it makes me laugh. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I'm, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you're getting some joy from this theme song, because I'm literally, I can't wait to be done and get to the next theme song. You know what it is? It's also so long that I usually, for like, my mind just tunes it out, and then it'll be like, oh, the song is still playing. And, yeah. and that's when I realize that the torture of you having to, to deal with it. Man, it's 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 the worst. Let's just move on. Okay. Move on. <laughs> so let's talk about the scene after the theme song. <laughs> Guys. We are in the classroom, and they are singing the Pledge of Allegiance. And immediately, I'm like... <gasps> Topanga is not participating. And yeah, Topanga is sitting during the national uh, during the national anthem. Um, Pledge of Allegiance. 
Pledge of, I'm sorry. Yeah, during the Pledge of Allegiance, she's sitting down. She's um, she's not even mouthing the words. She's not doing anything. She's just stoic, sitting down. Yeah, and I get really excited because I'm just like, uh, I don't know what we're doing here. I know it's some kind of protest with Topanga. It could be anyway. I'm like, it's way too early for Kaepernick, but I, a boy can dream. <laughs> what if, what if Colin Kaepernick saw this episode of Boy Meets World as a child and he was like, you know what? That's the card I'm going to play. You know what? There's no way for us to uh, say, prove, prove me wrong, Internet. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, if anything, I'm putting it as canon. This is where oh, this is where Colin Kaepernick. Yes. Yeah. But but me too. Bill Lawrence is indirectly responsible for the NFL <laughs> issues that's going on right now. <laughs> so, um, Corey even gets excited because he's like, Topingo is finally going to get in trouble for being weird. And I was like, well, you mean not conforming. But again, like, I'm in 2018. I'm living the woke life. So, Feeney yeah. um, points out that Corey and Topanga are on opposite sides of an issue, uh, setting them up for the assignment, which to come is a classroom debate. And I was like, uh, oh, man. Like, I- well, we find out that, that Feeney specifically asked Topanga not to stand. Exactly. That's what so I'm- this would be a thing. Like, he basically lured Corey into this. That's what, all right. So this is, I have to say, I was disappointed because I was like, I thought Topanga had like a, a cause and we were good. Yeah, I, I really wish that was the case. And you know what? To be fair, I think now it would be, but that wasn't. Topanga is not the. Um, she's not the star of the show yet. Uh, well, she does. She does say later in the episode that she she agrees with not saying the, the pledge of allegiance. Yeah. No. Exactly. Uh, again, this is not to take anything away from Topanga. I'm just saying that if this was if this episode was written now, I feel like there would be an episode about protesting. Um, yeah. And the rights of protesting and and what it does and blah 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 blah. But all of this was was kind of a bait and switch to get Corey involved in the next project, which again goes to Feeney's testament as a teacher. We constantly are learning just how good he is. At, so great. Because <laughs> he he set this trap for Corey almost specifically. And when it comes up... Well, it doesn't seem like, by the way, it doesn't seem like it's incredibly difficult to set a trap for either Corey or Sean. They will walk right into it. But it's just really funny because, like, even Mika says immediately, is like, you got, got. You know, it's just like... Yeah, you got, got. (laughs) But uh, I just wanted to give uh, Feeney his credit because I was like, I didn't see it coming. I really didn't see that coming. And to know that it was a setup from Feeney um, just made sense. Sure, yeah. But our debate is American traditions versus the right to protest. What an interesting debate for the two of us to discuss. I know. In 2018. I know. Again, I'm just like, are you kidding me with this? That, I, I was so surprised when that ended up being like a, a central thing. I was like, I, I immediately took out my camera and started recording the screen. And I was just like, <laughs> I got to get proof that this is a thing. Exactly. Okay. And, um... Topanga starts off, they have this debate, this little in-class debate, and Topanga starts off and she's like, just because it's tradition doesn't mean you have to do it. And Corey responds where it's the pledge, it takes five seconds, why can't you just do it and make everyone happy? Why can't you just do it and make everyone happy? Jeez, like... (laughs) Did they, did they create though, this argument? I know, but her response, though, is because if I'm forced to do it just because 
a tradition I don't understand, then it doesn't make me happy. And I was like, slow clap all the way. Boy Meets World for 2018. <laughs> yeah, this is, I, I couldn't believe just how ahead of its time it was. And maybe, I, I don't know, maybe this was something that like classrooms regularly debated, but for, I don't know, for it to be on television and for us to be watching it now, it just seems real quinky dick. Yeah, well, like, it's, it's amazing how timely it is. It's like a, I, uh, I think it's both amazing and sad. You wouldn't think that this high school or, I guess, elementary school lesson plan made back in the 90s would be so relevant for the yeah. entire American nation today. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so uh all of that Corey kind of like dismisses her and like calls her peculiar and you know just kind of saying that she's weird for even having that oh i love her rebuttal too when she's like you talk to a flag every day and you don't even know what you're saying exactly what? so here's the thing we just need to memorize these and like go out to trump rallies <laughs> oh man this is this was i I this is maybe one of my favorite moments of our podcast because this was so unpredicted. Like everything else that we've gotten to, like that episode where Corey's teaching the class about like, you know, Anne Frank, like I knew that episode had that in it. I was mentally prepared. I was blown away by this. Exactly. And that's that's what I'm saying. And then we get to this and you know, Topanga's made the comment about um, talking to a flag every day and not even knowing what you're saying. And Corey's response is, but I do it. And that's what makes me a great American. Make America Does great. It sound? Does it sound? <laughs> because that's what makes this country great. This country gives us the right to have this discussion. And then, of course, the bell rings and he immediately leaves. Whoa. Part of a funny gag that's here is that Sean starts doing this patriotic music in the background and Corey starts giving this like mini politician speech about why he's a great American because he, you know, gives allegiance to the flag. And, and you're right. The moment the bell rings, he's like deuces and grabs the stuff and goes, <laughs> yeah, which and I feel is very reflective to how most people feel about the argument. Exactly. It's just like a, you only feel that way when it's convenient. The moment you get an opportunity to bail, you're out. Uh, yeah. and and also in a very uh, we're getting kind of like into symbolism here that I'm seeing but very much in a Corey versus Topanga way uh, Corey only feels this strongly because it's Topanga who's sitting out so all of his arguments are based on how weird she is and everything else and it's not at all based on her argument I see what I read from this was that Corey was when, when the moment Feeney was like, hey, I suckered you into this debate, Corey's like, I'm going to try to bullshit into this bell ring. Of course. That's, because that's, that's what I would do if <laughs> I were his age, because I have done that before. <laughs> yeah, of course. Again, that's Corey. That is That only makes sense. Um, but before we move on, do we kind of want to get into this? Do we... Yeah, like, I, I, I don't know how much we like. We just kind of want to discuss just this overall issue. But... I, I do think that um, kids discussing this is really interesting because they have to make it so basic. Well, no, no. So for me, I think that this is, uh, again, surprisingly relevant. But I think it is important. And even kind of the conclusion that we get to, um, what 
what Topanga points out is you don't even know why you're doing this. Um, and and it's a great argument. And yeah. Corey's response, which I mean, I think even kind of like a hint to us is whenever Corey takes a strong stance on something at the beginning of an episode, you should know that that's not the, <laughs> the yeah. argument you should be behind. Um, and it's interesting. Yeah, I definitely want to. I maybe we should circle back to this when we get to the end because there's some things that I want to talk about regarding his like resolution with this that I had issue with. I mean, again, you're not wrong because I guess I what I will say is this particular scene made me so hopeful for the rest of the episode. I was yeah, just, totally, totally. With this, how will this come back? <laughs> it was just like, a, all right, so that just to our next scene where we're in the cafeteria and I have to admit like so Corey's first bit of dialogue is parents just don't understand how important weekends are and parents just don't understand I laughed so hard because of course anyone over the age of 22 uh, or probably 16 knows how important weekends are Yeah, for them to just be like oh god my parents just don't understand I was like this is a nice little bit of uh, childhood comedy that this, you know, he's just speaking so ignorantly, but the audience knows more. Absolutely. Um, you know, he's talking about like, oh, I, he, you know, our weekends are, are supposed to be for free time, and he starts talking about what he wants to do over the weekend, and it's literally just hanging out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I have to, I mean, but again, it's like that, uh, um, kind of like plain adult thing. He's like, I gotta go to the comic book store, and I gotta, I gotta wake up and watch X Men. I gotta, <laughs> and then I'm hanging out with you, Sean. It reminds me of the Grinch. It's like, I'm booked. I'm booked. <laughs> um, I really want to talk about Sean and Minkus's hamburger. Okay, so we're getting into that, and I actually really I wanted to get into this too because um, while Corey's complaining about his weekend plans. Sean has been asked to look over Minkus's lunch. Minkus came over to kind of join the table, which, again, it's kind of like a, they only kind of shoehorn Minkus in, but they also kind of have, like, a, a friendship and relationship. And Minkus mm. asks, well, I mean, like, in, in terms of television, like, he's sure. enough for us this not to be as weird as they make it, um, yeah. you know, as, as it would be. And Minkus asked Sean to watch his lunch, and um, Sean just is like, a, I have to mess with this burger. He realizes that he has Mikas's feet in his hands and he's just enjoying this. Well, what's really interesting is that um, not only did I find Sean to be hilarious throughout this whole segment, I thought he was actually really funny. I was like, wow, Ryder is having a moment right now because yeah. this is the funniest I've seen him. But he's he's messing with Mikas's burger. He's putting like like a pile of salt he's putting like putting on it yeah and he's like i've i'm i'm never happy unless i'm doing things like this like he keeps talking about how like this is making me so happy and Corey's not even paying attention he's just worried about missing x-men and all these things and sean like i feel like we're getting like a big reveal as to who sean is as a person right now because He's thrilled to be fucking with Minkus's lunch. And I agree. I think that we've started, especially since uh, the last episode, we're starting to get, Sean's starting to get a personality um, separate uh, from Corey. And this was definitely, I think, you know, to be honest, and if we're being really fair, I feel like 
Sean versus Minkus has been their main storyline, but the that has what that is what's given Sean dimension almost because otherwise he's just Corey's support system. But Corey- sure, I mean it's not until you uh, start doing the compare and contrast between him and Minkus that you start realizing Sean's shortcomings. Exactly, uh, and this whole scene where again, as you said. He is just thrilled with messing with the burger. And he, he says it. He's like, I can't help myself. He's like, I, I can't even stop. If I want yeah. <laughs> he, 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 it's like a, it's things are just like a serial killer just being like, I can't stop killing people. Like, that's how <laughs> Sean is with messing with Minkus's lunch. <laughs> exactly. So while they're doing that, they're complaining about uh, the upcoming father and son game. And uh, they kind of point out that, like, to them, it's just a game, but the fathers end up injured. And then that's when Minkus returns with a little bit of insight and, again, very astute, uh, which you expect from Minkus. But also, now that you've mentioned it, it's very Bill Lawrence uh, kind of a, a little meaning, which is that. Yeah, totally. I, I definitely got I felt once I realized it was Bill Lawrence, I was like, oh, there's a few moments that feel like Bill. Lawrence. Yeah. And this the trouble with fathers is that they try to live vicariously through their children. And again, we get this setup for what we're dealing with, but it's also a very heavy uh, point to to kind of put out. Yeah, it is a very. I, I, this is another great example of Boy Meets World taking kind of an adult concept and simplifying it in a way that children can understand. Um, and, and I mean, obviously, for the father son game. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's. I obviously I don't feel that you know. Alan is trying to live vicariously through Sean or Eric. I, I mean, uh, Corey or Eric. I never really got that vibe as much. Um, but I do think it's an interesting point to bring up. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. It's like a, they don't really show it per se, but it is something to where you do know that the joy and the importance of this game to Alan. And we've only gotten like 30 seconds of Alan, but like everything that they're telling us without beating us over the head with it is how important this game is to someone like Alan. And uh, I think that this was just a very good way of tying it in without actually calling. Sure, sure, sure. I'm actually looking at the sentence now and I'm actually thinking it's too good. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I understand that Minkus is smart, but what gives him the emotional maturity to be able to make assessments like that? Like, if anything, like, his head's been in the book his whole life. Like, I, I, I don't understand why he would have insight into human behavior like that. I disagree. That age. I think they've, they've kind of used Minkus as the outside moral voice for the boys quite a bit so far. Yeah, and I, I understand that. I guess I just don't understand why it is that he is so much more mature. Not I, I, Obviously with schoolwork, but just with everything, he's so much more mature than everyone else. It just, he seems really out of place on the show. Um, I mean, I guess... <laughs> I guess you have a, a valid point on like uh, just how on a different level he is compared to to Corey and Sean. But to be fair, we only know four students in the classroom. But, uh, You're exactly uh, right. Yeah. Because I did not see any of the third seat kids in that classroom. <laughs> exactly. And I'm just saying, as far as we know, Corey and Sean could be like the runt of the litters. Like everyone else is just soaring by their own meekest and sure. levels. And these two, what we're really seeing are like 
the two worst students in Beanie's class. This is basically real world Beavis and Butthead. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but before we even uh, leave this scene, we do get some uh, resolution with this burger mishap. Of course, they do the the common um, sw- switching drinks trope where it's just like uh, Mikas comes back and he just knows that Sean's messed with his burger. And that's when Sean even tries to play it off. He's like, oh yeah, I get my jollies messing with your food. So again, they do that whole switching burgers thing. Of course, um, Mikas is convinced that they've done it, but he's one step ahead of them. And instead of actually switching the burgers, he just pretends like he switched them. Uh, Corey and Sean switches it back, of course, now having the real messed up burger. And Sean says the line of, why did they think he's so much smarter than us? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's, I actually thought that this whole scene, as, as silly as it kind of was, I thought they pulled it off really well. I thought the whole cat and mouse of him and, uh, of Minkus and Sean back and forth, like, that is so just, uh, like, a perfect dynamic for them that and they they really just i I don't know i thought it was really cute no no i agree with it and it's uh again the conclusion of that line which i really love is uh sean bites into the burger and immediately knows that it's the wrong one and Corey goes uh because he is and he is smarter than us he just kind of sean just kind of nods um but i also pointed out and i wanted to say this they refer to each other as a single unit very often uh, which is more in line with the Corey and Sean we know. Well, everything is us versus them. It's parents versus us. It's, you know, older brothers versus us. It's teachers versus us. Yeah, and and that's why when they do have, like, a split, like we saw in the previous episode, like, it's such, like, a they don't even know which way is up because they've always been a single unit. Exactly. Um, but that being said, you know, I have to say, talking about Bill Lawrence, uh, he's all about that bromance. He gave us Corey. He's, yeah, um, yeah, he really, yeah, he's great with he, it. Uh, even the the boys from Cougar Town, they have a nice little. Yeah, I really, I miss Cougar Town, man. Oh, uh, dude, I love me some Cougar Town. The first first couple of seasons. I mean, it's a terribly named a show, but guys, give it a shot. <laughs> I mean, it was ahead of its time, and that's all I want to say. Um, <laughs> all right, so. Next scene, Alan is in the backyard practicing his pitching. Uh, he's by himself. Don't your heart, doesn't your heart just break watching Alan just like, just really just like, oh man, I'm so excited for this game. And the kids are just avoiding him like crazy. I'm just like, oh, poor Alan. Man. Yeah, they, like, even, this boys. they even kind of like sneak in and are like trying to look from and not be seen. <laughs> and he's just on the other side practicing. Yeah. Uh, and they say that they have to figure out a way to get out of this game. And Amy, they don't know that Amy can hear them. And she's just like, uh, you know, dudes, what's going on? Because they're like, oh, we got to tell her we don't want to play this game. And she's like, uh, look, this is your issue. You got to figure it out. Um, uh, in the meantime, I'm going to go to the bank because your father, who loves his children and wants to provide for them, uh, needed me to go <laughs> deposit this check. And yeah. I thought it was really good. I think they use Amy really well here. And then also we start to get the little bits of Morgan just coming in to say hi and bye. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think Amy does a really good job of kind of letting the boys know like, hey, you guys, this is between you and your dad. Like, I'm I'm obviously your mom and I'll help you through some stuff. But you're the ones that need to take care of this issue because I don't need to get involved. Well, you know what I also really like? And we'll get on this a little bit later. Amy is a great sounding board for all three men. Like, 
her role, she never coddles anyone. Um, you know, there are lots of times where, like, yeah, hundred percent, moms will cover for you, or they will try to give you the lesson in a very loving way. Amy's very grounded in reality. Amy seems so much more grounded in reality. She seems like the type of mom that, like, my friends had. Versus, yeah. like, Aunt Viv seems like the ideal of what a mom should be. Amy's whole thing is that. Um, She's going to let them figure it out. Um, and she knows that they can, and she just kind of leaves the situation. This has nothing to do with her. She has no reason to be involved, and so she's not going to. And it kind of, it does go along with this this way that everyone's kind of agreed to teach Corey, which is just let him figure it out. So then they, what I love is in our next little scene, um, we have Corey and Eric uh, trying to figure out the best way to get out of this. And this whole back and forth, this whole next minute or so is just so good. Corey and Eric play so well off of each other, and I truly enjoyed it. What do you think? Um, I, I, thought, I thought it was just really... Again, it was really hard for me to feel any kind of like uh alignment with these boys at all i know i should have like as like when you're watching as a kid like yeah you want your weekend you want your weekend but the entire time i'm just like dude it's one game just like it's once a year like seriously like morality goes i'm just like i not only am i on alan's side i'm also assuming because again i think this episode took me by surprise and the first scene kind of or the classroom scene kind of made me open to whatever was coming. Um, I'm still expecting them to go to the game. You know, it's just like, a, for me, I'm like, oh, we're doing all this to get um, to this one point. But yeah, Alan's clearly in the right. It's one weekend. Alan doesn't ask for much. And that, that's even kind of like what Amy hinted at. Just like a, your father who saves away at a job that he kind of doesn't love uh, asked you for a few hours of your time on a Saturday. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that's why I can't, I can't, I can't like really feel anything towards them. And when they're like trying to scam out of it, I'm just, I, I kind of roll my eyes at the whole thing. Okay. Well, I'm going to go into this comedic side of it because to me, it's so much fun. First of all, you have the whole fact that of course, um, cause Eric's like, I'm oh, sorry. Corey's like, Eric, you're the oldest. You got to think of a way to get us out of this. And Eric's immediately like, well, it's a father-son game, not a father-son's game. Only one of, a ha- one of us has to go. Um, which, again, is very shitty of them, but it's also very much uh, a plan that they would devise. And uh, Corey has like this fun little bit of like, ring, ring, it's the governor. We're saved. And again, I think that that is just like such an adult comedy Bit, but... Well, that's such. That, I mean, that's Ben Savage. Like, there's yeah. so many times that, like, I, I'm like, oh, that's not Corey, that's Ben. And in that moment, I was like, oh, that's just Ben Savage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was it was fantastic. Um, and then, of course, they're like, we'll let Dad decide. Um, and I just thought that, like, the moment they were just like, hey, we're gonna let Dad decide whose excuses better get out of it. I was just like, wow, these kids just have no. Self-awareness. Under, yeah, self-awareness <laughs> at all. I was just like, damn, this is just... It would be like like two guys like trying to like get out of a date with a girl. Just like, oh, no, you should go out with him instead of me. I'm just like, oh, damn, this is... This exactly. Um, and they don't. But again, all right, so I have, to, I have to note this little bit of piece where Eric and Corey are trying to tell Alan their excuses. They are one on top of each other. Alan's like, you know what? I can't hear you. You got to stop. Um, 
Eric, you go first. And then Eric has like this whole story, which is again, a terrible story. And also very inconsiderate, even if you want to really think about it. But he's like a... Well, he he says like, oh, I have a study assignment that's due next week. And I was just like, oh, you can do that after the game though. Yeah, I have a study assignment with this girl. We have to uh, meet tomorrow. Uh, and this is when Corey's like, what subject is it? It's science. You're not in the same class. Is in the assignment from both classes that we have to be at the library tomorrow. Uh, go on Sunday. Uh, can't. The library's closed on Sunday. Not anymore. We have new hours. And it's just it's just like this rapid back and forth between the two of them. Yeah. Just and I love it because it's very um, sitcommy and at the exact same very older brother, little brother, or just any kind of sibling things where you're like trying to punch holes in your. Well, I, I think that this is just another example of how the chemistry has improved so much from the beginning of the season. Like this and that moment, uh, that hamburger scene between Minkus and Sean, I was just like, wow, they're really like they're everyone is is vibing with everyone else the way they're supposed to in this episode. Exactly. And um, <laughs> and then, of course, you get Corey with his excuse, which, again, very Ben Savage, very quiet, and he's just like, Dad, my leg has to be tested for radon tomorrow. And it's just like, all right. And he's, <laughs> I believe Eric's was like somewhat believable. Swings <laughs> for the fences with this one. Um, oh my God. I, I, man, I wish, I, if I had a 12 year old kid who told me something like that, man, I'd lose my shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, Alan, Alan cuts them both off, and he's like, uh, look, I just got a call. The game was canceled um, because they couldn't get up enough interest. And, you know, that's when the boys are like, oh, they're so upset. And Corey is like, uh, you know, I would have done anything for my family, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. And Alan. And again, it's just, it's all so insulting to Alan. Well, yeah, it's very insulting to Alan. And also, he doesn't, I think. He lies about as well as the boys because I'm like, the phone didn't ring. You guys were both in the house. You knew that he was just sitting on the couch. I would have went up and told them had the game been canceled. And, you know, he was just practicing. He's clearly excited about this. Yeah, I just, I, at the moment he did it, it um, you were reminded how great of just like, uh, a dad Alan was like, he didn't want to make the boys feel guilty about it. He didn't want to steal time away from them. If he, if they just genuinely didn't want to spend it with him, but it's just that, that feeling of just like, you know, when your parents are like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Yes. It, it was that. That's exactly what that was. And it is a moment because Alan just, he just kind of says it and, and walks away. And uh, again, the boys are so uh, self-absorbed that they don't even kind of notice, but it is, Something to where uh, you feel for Alan. You feel for Alan. Totally, totally. All right. So in our next scene, uh, we're back in the cafeteria, and Sean asked Corey about his weekend, and he said it was the best. He basically did uh, absolutely everything that he wanted to do, which was nothing. And then on Sunday, he rested some more. Um, sure, sure. He had a busy day on Saturday. He had to take it easy on Sunday. <laughs> and then Topanga comes over, and uh, as we assume, she was at the game. Her her father is the one who owns the bookstore that played the grocery store, and uh, she says that she missed the one Alan was talking mad shit about in the beginning of the episode. By the way, exactly. And uh, and that's when Cora's like, uh, uh, "That game was canceled," and I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, "No, I was there." And she goes into detail about. How the assistant manager, uh, Lenny, yeah, went through his arm and, uh, you know, or injured himself. And 
that's the moment she said that, I was like, damn, Lenny's back in this episode. I know he's going to show up at some point. So what's not funny about is, it. I remembered Lenny immediately. I was like, oh, that would be Lenny. But, you know, so many TV shows will mention a character and, like, never bring them up again. So I didn't expect to see him later, which we do. Yeah, I knew he kind of pops up every now and then. He's just, he's a very, like, first season, we're learning the show character. So, but at the end of the scene, uh, Sean kind of points out, he's like, well, maybe he just didn't feel like playing. And and Corey's like, maybe he didn't feel like playing alone. And you got to get those little violin string moments. and the, Yeah, those, those learning moments. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, next scene, they bring their problem to Amy because, uh, you know, they're like, it turns out there was a game on Saturday, and Amy's like, no shit. <laughs> I mean, she wouldn't say that, but Amy's like, uh, yeah, of course. Um, you guys gave him every indication that you didn't want to go, so he let you off the hook. Yeah, and it's almost this thing of just like, why aren't Corey and Eric j- jazzed that they don't have to, they didn't have to do the game? Like, they got exactly what they wanted. I know they're saying that they're sad that Alan's sad, but at the same time, like, they're like, oh, dad kind of did us a solid. Well, I think it's because it's uh, what the Catholics like to call guilt. Uh, <laughs> sure, sure. You know, it's like a, they, they wanted their cake and to have their cake and eat it too. They want, didn't want to go to the game, but at the exact same time, they didn't want to feel bad about knowing, not going to the game. Yeah. And to hear that Alan lied to them for them just makes it that much worse. You know, it'd be one sure. if the game actually was canceled and, you know, he didn't get to play, but, you know, no one got to play and it's fine. But to hear that he specifically lied f- so that they could be selfish, I, you know, yeah, and, and again, it just it shows just how selfless of a character Alan is. Okay, so what's really funny are two things. One, Amy is like, he's a big boy, he'll get over it, and so will you. And again, this is where I'm like, Amy is so real. She's like, look, what's done is done. The fat lady is saying, she's at home eating cheesecake. Uh, you can't unring that bell. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it's done, and he'll get over it, and so will you. And... Uh, Corey's like, I can't get over it. Dad really wanted to play, and he knew we didn't want to, and he still let us off the hook. And that's when they say it's like the gift of the Magi, and I, which we just talked about. I was like, yes, I knew I went crazy. <laughs> Again, I feel like gift of the Magi still would have been better used in the episode we discussed, the Christmas episode. Yeah, um, I was like, but I at know, least it's clearly they knew about it. Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe this was like, maybe uh, Bill Lawrence felt the same way. And he was just like, all right, well, I got to go with this little reference in to show what we really should have been talking about last week. Or he's a time jumper and he's heard this podcast, which is the only <laughs> reason that explains that uh, Kaepernick scene. That's very true. I will allow it. Um, Prove me wrong, Internet. Yeah, they, they kind of go, you know, Corey asked, are we bad sons? And Eric's like, right now we are. Yeah, and it's, this isn't the first time you have um, Eric and Corey kind of realizing, like, oh, we kind of disappointed our parents. Um, but it is it is nice to see them as brothers because we don't really see them work as brothers in the in the show too much. No, yeah, they're, they're very much foes. Um, well, they just kind of do their own thing. Like, you know, Corey's busy, you know, with his stuff, and Eric's always like trying to bang all these women all the time. Like, <laughs> it, it, they hardly ever really get any time to to just be brothers together. So, but I, I don't know. I thought this was nice. Yeah, no, I, 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 again, I specifically pointed out the whole, um, 
little argument that they have because I feel that that's such a great scene between Corey and Eric. And, yeah. Uh, it really does. If you have siblings, that's a very sibling esque argument to have. The whole when they're just like, uh, "All right, you know, I'll go," but who's to say? Well, you know, the fact that you've been driving without a license won't come up. You know? Yeah, yeah, that whole thing. Yeah, it's a, it's it's blackmail without blackmail, it, and that's very a sibling. I mean, that no, 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 it it is blackmail. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so in our next scene, Leonard Spinelli returns. Uh, giant eye roll. Um, well, you know what? I will say, them giving him the bit where he introduces himself every time works out in this episode. <laughs> yeah, it does. It is a funny bit. Like, even from the beginning, I thought it was a funny bit. It's just, it's, that's all he has. Yeah, but it's it's a funny bit, and it also just works so well in terms of um, a sitcom, because... If it's been a huge gap since he was last seen, and for him to come in and still introduce himself just a helps the audience again remember who he is, and yeah. it's still true to his character. Sure, sure. Okay, um, but he of course is in a sling, and the boys have come over and they've asked him uh, to bring some things, and he tries to explain away his arm injury uh, so the boys don't know about the game. Which again, to me, showed just how far Alan went to make sure that the boys could get out of the game guilt-free. What are these groceries that Lenny's bringing back? Are these groceries that, as the assistant manager, he's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna take some shit and bring it over to Alan's house"? Like, many times do I have the to boys tell you pay for this? Did those... Alan pay for this? Oh, many times do I have to tell you that those uh, everyone in this store just steals? <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's basically what it just seems like. That they were just like, "Yo, Lenny, just like pull some stuff that you think." Yeah, that sounds good, and bring it over. Like I, we don't have money; we're, bo- we're we're kids. You just write it off, and just you know, as a loss, and 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 there you go. Insurance will cover it. Oh man. <laughs> uh, all right. So he says that he hurt himself getting out of a turtleneck that shrunk, which I laugh at for two reasons. One, I could totally see that happening to Lenny, and two, I can totally see that happening. Have you tried taking off a turtleneck? Um, no, I've never uh, purchased the turtleneck. Have you purchased the turtleneck? Oh, dude, I was all about the turtleneck and vest. When was this? Look, this is like when I was like in middle school. I was like a huge a uh, middle schooler with a huge turtleneck collection. That's <laughs> hilarious. Um, I was very into um friends, and Joey wears a lot of turtlenecks, and Chandler wears a lot of sweater vests, and I just knew I was like on it. Yeah, you you were like, oh, man, I for sure want to be a Joey over a Chandler. (laughs) No, actually, if anything, I wanted to be a Chandler so badly. (laughs) Ah, That sweater vest is just, I don't imagine a middle schooler in sweater vests. I actually do. I had a collection of them, and uh, thinking back on it, ah, man. This is really revealing. (laughs) Very revealing. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Um, All right, so they, they... the boys come out and they're just like, look, we know um, it just we know that there was a game on Saturday. We're trying to make up for it. Don't tell dad that we know. And then we get this little bit from Lenny, which is really great. But also, speaking of friends, it reminded me of the whole scene where it was like, a, they don't know that we know they know we know. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know? <laughs> Which, which, again, such a classic moment. But, yeah, there's that thing of just, like, Lenny, like, we we know about the game. Dad doesn't know that we know about the game, so just don't tell him. 
about it. And yeah, I don't know. It, it, it was cute. I mean, yeah, uh, we get uh, a whole setup of like Lenny being like, this is the first activity I can remember. Uh, this is the first activity I can remember giving myself a physical injury. Um, I've had some serious memories of vast emotional injuries that I've given myself. And again, they're just kind of leading into this whole Lenny being pathetic, uh, which is only important and only noted because he kind of uses it to blackmail himself into the boys' uh, dinner plan. It seems like the only reason Lenny was brought in was because they were like, hey, we're going to try to make this dinner look as lame as possible. Who's the most annoying character we have on deck that we could bring into this? Exactly. I agree. And I think like if this would have been like even a later season, they just would have had like Feeny come over. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, I feel like <laughs> Alan would have felt the same way if Feeny was there. He'd just <laughs> never gotten along with Feeny. Yeah, that's a very good point. That's what I'm saying. They they could have just done it with Feeny, but we have Lenny, we know he exists, and they used him and I and I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so cut to the barbecue uh, that the boys have decided to do, um, which by the way, Alan is grilling, so it's like a, they didn't even give him the luxury of like not uh, cooking. Yeah, he. They were like, "Oh man, this dinner is going to be great." You made him cook it, <laughs> <laughs> and um, Corey's like, "Are you having a good time?" And Alan's like, "He's having a great time." And Corey's not buying it. He's like, "He hates it." We gave him dinner, which he's given us a thousand times, and they kind of realize just how lame this this whole thing was. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't understand why they thought it was going to be so successful that it was going to make up for this baseball game. It's, they even say they're like, well, it's just a dinner. What's, you know, it's only what dad gave us every day of our lives. <laughs> it's like you, you know, I was going to say, it's like you've never dated boys, uh, but you haven't. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you totally, uh, I totally expect this. They're going to give a completely crappy first attempt. Then realize that the first attempt was barely half of an attempt, and then they'll do something a little bit extra because that involved actual thought. Sure, sure. Okay, so but before we get to that role, uh, we get a new scene where we're back in class, and Feeney reminds us that uh, the last time we were in class, we were discussing uh, social descent, and I was just wondering about the schedule here because like we know school was yesterday because that was when. Topanga told Corey that the game was on Saturday. So, like, why did we wait so long to continue the lesson? Like, was it held specifically because Corey hadn't learned yet? Yeah, or maybe it's just... Honestly, I have a lot of questions as to what it is Feeney teaches, and I wonder if it changes by the day. Oh, so they have, like, a block schedule. Or something like that. Yeah, like, uh, hey, we're going to do social studies and science on this day, and we're going to do math and English on this day. Like, that's kind of the... But no, because when Corey was teacher, he taught every day. Yeah. He has, like, one of his math... Who knows? Feeney just... I think Feeney's just in the room. Uh, it rotates based on what's convenient for <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Uh, especially in the later episodes. I mean, if we're going to start pulling apart Feeney's... Uh, <laughs> Goes to college with them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so anyway, um, while we're there, so we're going back up, we're picking back up to the protest conversation that we had earlier. Uh, and Topanga's like, you know what? Not only do I not want to say the pledge, I don't want to wear shoes anymore. Um, and then that's when Fina reminds us that Corey was pro pledge. And Corey's like, you know what? I thought it over. Um, 
and I haven't changed positions, but I can argue it a little bit better. And he says that it's dumb to do something and not know why you do it. But if there's something you care about, then allegiance is something you should show. So let's talk about this for a second. Um, Because I felt like in the beginning of this episode, we were going to have Corey kind of learn that like, well, I, and, he, and he does. He does admit that it is dumb to show allegiance to something when you don't know why you do it. Uh-huh. Um, but I did not expect him just to be like, oh, no, I was right about my argument. I just didn't articulate it correctly. I didn't know that that was going to be the turning point. Again, that was my whole thing. It's like, a, again, in a way, it's kind of a letdown as to where this conversation could go. But again, we're looking at it from 2018 perspectives. Um the idea that I think is great uh, is know why you're doing something. Um, sure. And and don't just do it blindly, but also don't not do it blindly. Um, yeah, and I, and I think the same could go for the opposite side. Like, I mean, if you're going to kneel, know why you're kneeling. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I believe that because if, if you want to look at it, we were kind of hoping and excited that Topanga had a reason, and in a way she does. It's kind of like a why um, do something that you don't know anything about? Um, but she doesn't really go into what we would expect Topanga to go into, which is like the meaning behind the pledge. And like, yeah, and again, I think we are really like, we're post-blackish and we're, <laughs> we're just expecting so much out of this show, but like, let's just appreciate what we got. No, and I do. I think I would completely appreciate this for even um, being in the show as it is. And yeah. Perfect. But I think it's great to show that these conversations are happening. It's it's that it's that moment when um when they were talking about like World War Two and the Holocaust and they were they also included like slavery in the South and we were just yeah. we were so appreciative that they mentioned <laughs> it. Like that's the, the way I felt here. I was like, you know what? I'm super appreciative that they're exposing children to these higher level concepts and they're having children debate them and talk about them and, and learn like what does it mean to even say the pledge. Like Full House never taught me that. Yeah, no, I agree. And 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 uh yeah, it's just like a we're we're encouraging critical thinking. Um totally. Totally. That is something that we need more of. And again, I think sometimes just the, the beauty of Boy Meets World is just the fact that they introduce us to things, even if they don't handle it well, or even if they don't uh, go as far as we would like, or as far as blackish would go, as you said. Well, well I things. feel like for this time period, the really only other show that kind of compares to this is Saved by the Bell because of the time spent at school. Yeah, but at Saved by the Bell, they're never discussing anything that they're learning. It's always just like extracurriculars and drama that's going on with the group. It's it, like it's a test that Zach's trying to get out of. There, there's never any learning that really occurs other than like friendship in Saved by the Bell. This they're constantly throwing new ideas at us, and I, I feel like because it's set at a school, it's unique in the way that it's able to pre- present these ideas. Well, I mean, that's very good because I was just thinking about Full House and the lessons that we learned there. They're usually about like um, family dynamics and lying and um, yeah, responsibility. Yeah, yeah. But when you come this show, I think what makes it unique is that they do 
try to teach world values you know like a world about totally like they're they're shaping world views they're not just exactly. teaching lessons um and and i think that's what's really beautiful about this episode is that even though what we're learning and what Corey learned from it is that you know traditions are important um and don't do them just because you're told to do them but also um don't skip them uh if you don't have a reason uh, yeah, I think that even though that's what kind of what we circle the drain of in this particular episode, they still brought up uh, protesting and how you know that has its own merits. And that- yeah, they didn't they didn't con- condemn it at all, which I which I totally appreciate. It almost seemed like Feeney was almost encouraging it in the beginning, like he exactly. was saying, like Mr. Matthews, why do you have a problem with protests? Like I don't know, it just it seemed like. I expected a different outcome of the story than we got. I expected a different outcome, but I still am pretty pleased with it because, especially, yeah, yeah, they they tie it in with the whole. Um, so you should respect the traditions of the government or group of person or teacher. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, Feeny Feeny adds in or teacher, and then the bell rings, and everyone leaves, and Corey comes back, and he's like or teacher and they play again they play the little boy meets world heartstring music yeah and it just it, it, it's just like that at that moment it was like seeing like um like just jordan put that final layup in it was just yeah. like yeah like everything was great with this episode and then you gave us that little cherry on on top of it and it just it made it feel like the boy meets world that you know, we want to be in. Yeah, this is, again, this particular moment where I was like, a, this is the boy meets world thing, where it's like, we've learned a lesson, we've had a somewhat superficial situation, but the lesson that we got out of it was so ahead of its time and um, so important. Um, and and that- Although I will say, as much as I appreciate this or teacher moment, um, it doesn't seem like it goes with the rest of the episode. Like, there was never, like, a thing between Corey and Feeney throughout this episode. As much as I always appreciate Corey, like, giving, teach like, a teacher props, I, I mean, that's not... Yes, but also, I would say, I agree with you, but I think this particular moment is kind of also based off of Corey's history with Feeney. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah, we know overall that, history. Yeah, we know that he doesn't always respect Feeney's or his lesson. It's not to say that Corey's going to change a new leaf. It's just that it is nice for it is nice and uh, even important for Corey to realize that this lesson applies to not just his family, but you know, to institutions Never. like school. Yeah. Okay. So- so we kind of close out the episode with uh, the boys are back home and they use what I call white boy logic and they completely turn the argument on its head. And they're just like, Dude, I did not like this at all. They they throw all of their guilt and blame onto Alan. And I was just like, I was kind of like, I was kind of blown away by it. I was like, wow, they're really not taking any responsibility at all at this point. No, again, to me, it, it's it's used for comedic purposes. And in a way, it really is because it's so typical white boy. But it's just like, a, oh, yeah. I didn't do anything wrong. Technically, if you really want to look at it, you did things wrong by not forcing me to do the thing that I was supposed to do. So, um... yeah, it's like, what are you trying to get out of this? Like, you still 
screw them out of this game. Like, it's not going to change that just for him to be like, well, you're right. I didn't make you do what you didn't want to do. I don't know. I, well, just, the, the end is that since we're breaking tradition and since you broke tradition first, uh, why wait another year for a game? Let's just challenge the bookstore for a rematch, um, which they do. And we, you know... Well, yeah, in the epilogue, the, they come back and they ha- they've won this this game, and then they are like, "Oh, um, you know, the, the bookstore wants to do two out of three, and Al is just like, yeah, uh. like he has the same reaction the boys have when they first like brought up about exactly the because it, it kind of goes into everything that the boys predicted and that we saw even with Lenny, which is that the the older guys love the idea of the game, but they almost always get hurt. And the boys ended up having fun, but of course, Alan's realizing just how much of a toll it is on his body to play. And so, yeah, that, that's our- and one of the things we didn't talk about. I forget who mentioned it in the opening scene. Maybe it was Sean, where it was like, um, this is, uh, you know, uh, the, for us, this is just a baseball game, but for dads, it, it's like an excuse to make an appearance on Rescue 911 or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I kind of hinted at it, but you're right. That is, uh, that's what they say. They, they just know. But uh, someone's going to get badly injured, and and that's probably how the game's going to end. So, sure, sure. All right, but that's how our episode ends. Okay, so let's get into Feeny taught me. Where you at? Feeny taught me. Um. Okay. Well, I think the lesson is um don't be a piece of shit to your dad. Maybe <laughs> like like I I guess I'm uh. I don't. I don't know that. Like, what the most like um, eloquent way to put it? I don't know if anyone just kind of said it as is. Um, but I think it's more just being considerate to other people. I think um, in order to tie everything together, just because of course we had the tradition that is with uh, Alan in this baseball game, and then we have. Uh, You're right. The. You're right. Doing the Pledge of Allegiance, I think that the main takeaway from this is what we mentioned earlier, which is just that you should be mindful of anything you participate in. Um, Understand your traditions. Yeah, understand your traditions is a very uh, succinct way of putting that. All right. um, What about grades? Where are you at with grades? You know what? I Again, I was actually surprised by this episode. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I thought they did a really good job handling a topic that um, obviously is super um, in conjunction with what we're trying to do with this podcast. I'm giving this episode a B. Yay! I gave it a B too. There you go. There you go. We got we got a good episode, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're stuck with us this far, uh, good. And you know, honestly, and looked ahead, we have some pretty good episodes coming ahead. Oh, did you, it's funny because I looked ahead and I was like, oh, we have like five good episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said some. I didn't say it was like a. But uh, I'm just interested, and also I will say that this was a great episode to start off the year with, and. It's kind of, I guess we're getting into the episodes where I don't remember as well. And this episode gave me hope that we're going to get like a lot more surprises. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, a lot, a lot of good gems. Um, and, I, and I'm really hopeful too, because I know that you're right. There's some of these episodes that I don't remember as well. And there are some good ones coming up. Um, but what I'm really excited for is that we're getting to the point where almost every episode is pretty decent. Yeah. I think it's like we're we're getting to the part of the uh, the series just where everyone's role is defined and yeah 
And they're, they're just like, you know what? We've, we've been doing this for a little bit now. We're working out the kinks. They worked out the kinks pretty quickly, I would say. I mean, for, for a show that was on for seven years, for them just to take, like, the first half of their first season to just kind of, like, figure things out, like, that's not bad at all. Nope, nope, nope. Okay. Um, tell us what you guys think. Tell us uh, what impressions you got from both the Pledge Allegiance section, the whole Corey and uh, Eric bits, um, if you're on Alan's sides or the kids, and also uh, make sure you rate us. Uh, yeah, and make sure to tell your friends that Colin Kaepernick stole his idea from this episode. <laughs> exactly. You could totally start spreading that rumor. Um, we'll make it true. Not a rumor. Fact. Yeah, it was fact. Wrong. Actually, yeah, just refer back to this. Um, use this as a resource. Okay. Yep. Thank you for listening to Broad Meets World. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Broad Meets World. Email us at Broad Meets World at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Extra Siege. That's X-T-R-A-C-E-E-J. Uh, where you at, Tony? Um, uh, you guys can always follow me at, at Anna Kendrick Retweets, uh, at Anna Kendrick RT, um, where I retweet what Anna Kendrick tweets. Um, and of course, you can do my fitness stuff at a Braver Me on Instagram. Okay. Um, speaking of Anna Kendrick Retweets, did you see Pitch Perfect 3? Um, no, I saw the trailer and I was like, nah. All right. So I'm not going to lie. That is the right feeling to have. But uh, watching her, I have to admit, I was like, a, this. she sells that role. Like, she's just really great at... Oh no, she's 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 great. I'm retweeting her for a reason. She's yeah. she's she's a she's great. Yeah, she's but I saw that movie and I was like, oh, they should have probably not made sequels to this. <laughs> okay, you guys. Uh, see you later. Remember to dream, try, try. and do good. Do good. Later, bros. Later, brah.